Blog Talk Radio. Yours truly, the Gap Tooth Guru of Gumbo, Ukurashidi, also known as none other than Brandon. Back at it once again in the lab here in the kitchen uh, for another Gumbo Talk episode. Today is what? The 16th of January. It's a blessing to be alive still and able to do the work. And uh, no matter what happens, you know, um, at this point, it's all about the work, and if the better you are, the more prepared you are for whatever work it is that you're doing. I got stuff slipping. Okay, now that's good. Got all kinds of equipment and stuff down there, but we're good. Um, the better prepared you are for the work, the, the more you're going to want to do better and do more and do more and do more. And so the Gumbo Talk Show. For those of y'all that never heard of this, is a blog talk radio talk show podcast. Been going five years. Yours truly hosting, and we've had Sunshine as a co-host for for a couple of years, uh, helping me out. Um, but bigger thing is is that Gumbo is a dish out of my second home state, Louisiana, that incorporates a roux, which is like a gravy or a sauce, or a soup base, however you want to put it. And then you put all these ingredients in there, and the roux keeps it together, but all these ingredients make up this great big pot of deliciousness. And that's what we try to do here. Um, Everyone's ideas that comes in, we try to figure out how we can make our ideas fit. And I think that's what we're missing in the world, is that we always want to think ours is better than are, or, or someone else's is less than, and it's not going to work. If we figure out how to make all of our ideas the ones that are solution-based um, fit, we, we might be on to something. And instead of being a melting pot where you lose what you are to become an amalgamation, you want to be like Gumbo. And so I'm just excited about the fact that we have this platform and this platform is growing uh, to the point where it's reaching more people. And if betterment, if self-improvement is something that you're into, I know you're going to dig this. And so that's the whole point of being there. Instead of being If you want to do better, you will do better. And this hopefully is an opportunity for you to get that improvement in your life. So I'm going to be running this board. You're going to be seeing me looking all over the place while I'm talking to y'all live, and those of you who are listening by phone or online at Blog Talk Radio, I thank you as well. I can't see everybody out there in the world is listening. Hey, Kim, glad you joined us. Um, but I do know some of the people that are beyond when we see you on Facebook and on the phone lines. Now, you've heard all those ways and methods. 
If you want to dial in and participate um, in the show, the number to dial in is 515-605-9375. That is the number, 515-605-9375. Now, there is no mountaintop experience without understanding valley environments. Our topic tonight, what's up, Bubba Pool? What's up, CB? I see you catfish. And hey, Sunshine, um, when I was much younger, I thought what I was doing was innovative. I thought the world was waiting on me to get here, and my arrival meant change was coming. Now I see the world as a great big ball of potential. What's going on, Mr. Johnson? And how it see how I see it is not always what it is. And even more so, I navigate in it because I know now that I require more and more knowledge. Sometimes things go really, really well, and sometimes things go bad. But the key point is I'm still walking. So many of you, when you hear the phrase, yea, though I walk, know that that is alluding to a scripture. And it's actually Psalm, the 23rd number of Psalms. Now, I'm just going to park right here for a minute. It's not a chapter. You know, people say the 23rd chapter of Psalms. The Psalm book is a book of Psalms. Psalms are Psalms, right? So when you say the scripture in the book of Psalms, you say the number or this numbered Psalm or this number of Psalms. So in the 23rd number of Psalms, beginning at verse 4, and just just taking that tidbit, I, I, I was inspired to talk about this topic. I got so many friends and relatives and acquaintances and peers and students even that are having valley experience. And so when you take this scripture, the 23rd number of Psalms, beginning with verse 4, it says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff comfort me. If I add a little bit to it so that we can cover everything I'm going to cover tonight, and this is not meant to be a Bible study, but this is meant to be a help study. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. So when I was thinking of the inspiration for tonight's show, I also thought about what inspiration other people might have that they're dealing with when they're walking through valley experiences. Um, For me, my valley experiences have come from death, and relationships. And I don't know which one is worse, 
But through those two things, I know that I experienced this. I experienced not only the death and the loss of that, which is leading to grief. I experienced depression. I, I have a, also experienced physical ailments, uh, darkness, challenges, obstacles, troubles. Um, and now I've been interested for some reason in following what's going on in politics, even war and wartime is a valley experience. I remember when I was a teenager when we were talking about gang gang, was it last week or week before last? I was talking about gang gang, I think it was last week. And I was thinking about my lifestyle when, when I was running with the vice lords really heavily. And I remember the time when they called war and how, you know, people lost their lives and several folks got hurt really bad. Um, and I just, you know, it never was a good feeling. War is never a good feeling. In fact, it's the opposite of what you really want, and that's peace. So thinking of war um, and thinking of my valley experiences, I'm sure I'm not the only one that has had these types of experiences. And I, I look at that, that particular scripture, and, and you say, you're wa- first and foremost, you're walking through the valley of the shadow of death. It doesn't say that you stopped and you parked. Um, People often use the adage that storms, either you're in a storm, you're just getting out of the storm, or you're heading into one. Yeah, and and storms are uh, synonymous with uh, valley experiences. But the point of it is, is that we're walking through. And just a matter of knowing that we're moving, because usually when you feel like you're stagnant, you feel like you're stuck, when you feel like there's nowhere to look left or right, nobody there to help you, you feel like you're in a valley. You feel really messed up, right? And so since as black folks, I don't think anybody else has valley experiences similar to us. Now, other people have valley experiences that I'm sure are very, very detrimental to their lifestyle, their mentality, their physicality, but black folks, and I'm not, I'm, listen, white folks don't get on here chiming, oh, we do, no, listen, you don't have any idea of what it's like to be black in America, right, or black in this world. So you mix that with the, the suppression and oppression of an uh, institution that, 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 makes you a second-class citizen, not that you are one, you're not, but the institution does, and then you mix that with everyday problems that everybody else deals with, that shit gets hectic. That shit gets heavy on your shoulders. And so when you look at these things, and I really truly believe this in this scripture. Who is that? Hey, Deborah Noss, good to see you. When you talk about valley experiences, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me, I mean, how many times do we get vulnerable and then in our vulnerabilities, we start experiencing fear? And I think fear is, of course, what what somebody said, it was a false, false experiences appearing real or something like that. 
false something appearing real. And I, I agree with that. Help me out, y'all. Y'all on Facebook. I see y'all that just chimed in and that y'all are watching. Y'all know I need help sometimes. That's what I need y'all around because I, I get mixed up on all the words and stuff, and I don't know altogether uh, what, what, what word I'm looking for. But, you know, false evidence. That's what it is. False evidence appearing real. Thank you. I got it myself. I ain't y'all out there, but chime in. But false evidence appearing real, right? First and foremost, fear is unnecessary. Who is that chiming in, Kim? Again, Kim, good Kim. Um, you've got to get out of self. A lot of times when we're just focusing on self and we're not focusing on the goal or target of many people, whether they're people that you have to take care of, such as children or uh, elderly or people that can't take care of themselves, or even people who can but they don't know how to take care of themselves, and they need somebody to mentor them. Whatever way, whatever method you want to look at it, if you begin to focus on not only you but how you impact others, you begin to realize how important it is for you to stay healthy, for you to do things that, you know, you can take risks, but you've got to make sure that you don't do anything that makes you get off kilter because you've got people to look at. You've got people who look up to you. You've got people who depend on you. When you know that, you, when you're walking through these valley experiences, you know not to step near a snake. I'll, I'll never forget, uh, we were talking uh, on the Press Box show on our track talk, and who was that? Philip, what's going on, Mo? Uh, we were talking about that, that, that story where the man was walking and he saw the snake, and the snake looked like it had been crushed. So he took the snake, he mended the snake up, and the snake got to um, moving with him as he was moving up this mountain. And then he got up there and he went down to reach and pick up something, and the snake that was right there with him bit him. And he was mad and he was cussing the snake out and, like, I took care of you and all that. And the snake said to the man, you know, you knew you were a snake when you found him. Uh, if you move that into these valley experiences, just because you're going through things doesn't mean – you don't have a responsibility and to be accountable. So if you allow fear to enter, you might do something drastic that puts you in a predicament that will either keep you in the valley or force you out of the shadow and into the actual death. Fear is, is one of those things that if you have it and, and, and have it in a great way, it's going to cause you problems. So you're not supposed to even fear evil, any kind of evil, right? So it says, Thou art with you, God, the protector, the creator, the, the universal Godhead, whoever you want to call it, Allah, uh, Buddha. Even though Buddha is not really considered a god, but you get where I'm going. Um, Jehovah. Then in this particular scripture, when we're talking about people having these life experiences that are very low experiences. At the end of it, it says, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort. I don't know if y'all know why, but it's not a very, to me, it's, it's one of those things that, okay, since you're a knucklehead and you stay in the valley or you don't want to get in track, you don't want to stay focused, um, Sometimes the shepherd 
in order to correct the sheep, they would take their rod, right? And 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 the staff. I don't know. I have a. Let me have a. Let me use one of these. One of these pens, and let me do some rudimentary rudimentary drawing on this piece of paper, and I'm going to put it up. And for those of y'all who are looking are not um, online, um, but can't see this. I'm going to put this up. Did you see that? looks like a question mark without the dot. That's what the staff and the rod looks like, right? The rod. It's got that hook in it at the top of it and a little curl. You know what that's for? Why the rod and the staff comfort you? It's for to break the sheep's leg. You literally, when a sheep is going out and it's in a place where it's not supposed to be way too long, not minding with the other sheep, um, the shepherd reaches down with that hook around the leg of the sheep and it twists it and breaks the leg of the sheep. Y'all don't believe me? Look it up. Breaks the leg of the sheep. Then the shepherd gets down there and shows the sheep and, 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 and shows them that they're mending this broken leg. So they fix the, the shepherd fixes the broken leg. And then the shepherd puts that sheep up on its shoulder. On the shepherd's shoulders, around it, you know, leg, back legs over here, front legs over here, whatever, front legs, whatever, and 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 kind of, you know, barrel carries and like fireman carries this sheep until that the leg mends, and the whole purpose of that is to get the sheep to recognize that being close to the shepherd, it would heal, right, and then at the same token it sees that the shepherd wants it to get the sheep get where it needs to be. And that the sheep that's got the broken leg also sees the other sheep that are falling in line and how the shepherd is taking care of them. And then once that sheep's leg mends, the the, the sheep is ready, usually by that time, to follow with the other sheep. I know a long, drawn-out explanation of the staff, but the reason why the rod and the staff comforts is because that rod is the rod of correction, breaking a person back into the, the method and mode of thinking that gets them on a positive track because staying in the valley is very, very dangerous if you just linger there. So in order for some of us to come up out of that, we've got to have a dark experience to let us know, hey, look, this is not a place I want to be. This is not where I want to spend my life. This is not a place that's going to prosper me and get me to the point where I can be a, a philanthropist or a go-giver to someone else. Now I'm back in the fold, boom, boom. I've got people around me that want and want me to succeed and want me to do well, and also I'm comforted because I have my needs met. What's up, Duran? What's up, Joe? What's up, uh, Kesey? So that's that's that in in that whole scripture. Now, like I told you, I'm not doing Bible study, but this Yezo I walk thing is very important to us because so many people have gotten complacent and um, somewhat comfortable with valley experience. 
Why people tend to stay in a low place is beyond me, probably because they're complacent and comfortable. But the thing of it is, is when you see other people doing well, do you get mad because they're doing well and you're not because you're comfortable being where you are? Or do you go to them and say, you know what, I see you up there. Can you at least shine some light down the path that you took so that I might be able to get to where you at? Now, here comes the problem. I know what y'all thinking. What about those that don't care? Well, that's not the path you're supposed to take anyway. But someone who was willing to, who is that? We got, hey, Ginger. If someone is willing to give you a hand up, not a hand out, um, that's a person that you want to get close to. I'm going to go back to an old show that we did. We were talking about how you get to the things you desire. You've got to have some people that are doing what it is that you want to do, are at the place where you have a goal to reach, or they are knowledgeable in navigation of whatever it is you want to do to get you there, right? Those three types of people. You need to have them on your team. You need to reach out to them and, and, and in the best way you know how, communicate that, hey, I want to be in a better position. I've got this down where I'm at, this, this right here, this mundane, this normal, this average or this below average or this despondence, this, this wallowing, this uh, negativity, this darkness, this deep disdain. I've got that down. Hate, if you will, i got that down. I'm looking for a new day in my life. Getting around people like that, that will help you get out of that funk, that will say, hey, look, try this, and then you're willing, you're a vessel that's willing. I, I wanted to talk about that, too. That's why I'm trying to get, I'm getting ahead of myself. I want to get to that that next um, portion of the Yenzo I walk. Because when you're in that position, right, that's why I like these two, just these two little snippets out of the, out of the song. Um, the next wording after the rod and I staff and comfort me, right? You're good. You understand that you gotta get out of that place and now you're focused, you're around people who are helping you to to move forward and you're taking the steps. It says, Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Even though you're in a valley, you begin to see that there are some some trinkets of light. Some some little some little flicker of flame. You 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 begin to see that there is opportunity around. What's up, sunshine? I, it's hard to see in the dark, but once you get a little bit of light, you got a little bit of hope, right? When you get that little bit of hope. If you work it right, that hope will turn into aspiration. And then aspiration hopefully turns into invigoration. And then when you're invigorated, that will turn into maybe 
opportunity, right? So even though you're where you are and you're around all this darkness, you start to see this table before you where it's time to eat. The table is for you. Everything that's on that table that's in front of you, that is opportunity, that is hope, that is good, that is helpful, that is resourceful, all that is for you. Um, I don't know how to say this without saying it just the way I want to say it. Hey, Ms. John, is this. Um, that stuff that's in front of you for you to get the nourishment you need to move forward may look like a lot, but it's not a lot yet. You got to eat. At the point where you're at the darkness, when you're, let's, let's use this other one. Let's use this other one because maybe that one ain't, ain't hit me right. Um, when you're on a plane and they give you the instructions about what you're supposed to do in the case of the plane losing cabin pressure, they tell you to put the, the oxygen mask, hey, Pam, on your nose first and then help the people that you can help put theirs on, such as children, elderly, or people that can't help themselves. The reason being is if you help, if you're the only one that can help them and you don't have oxygen to breathe yourself, you're going to pass out before you get to the second and third person. And that's the same thing I see when you've got this table before you. It's prepared for you. A lot of us want to eat and then bring everybody else. Come on, y'all, let's eat. And then you don't have the nourishment that you need to keep moving, to get up out of that situation where your enemies are all around you. Um, some things at times when you need it are for you. You've got to begin to tell yourself that when you get an opportunity, when a door opens, that's for you, okay? Yeah, now, by you walking through it, vicariously and eventually, those who are on your team will come through too, but the door is for you. It's not for them. It's for you. It's a very, I'm going I'm to look at that again. In the Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. My enemies. It didn't say y'all's enemies or before everybody. At some point, the people who call themselves the most selfless actually aren't listening because they're so heavenly minded they're no earthly good because they think well I'm going to help everybody but you ain't helping yourself you're in a time of need yourself it becomes a point where you sit down and you accept the help especially when you know it's good okay so that's enough of that now it's 827. Thank y'all for tuning in. Thank y'all. This is the Gumbo Talk Show. Everybody that's listening by phone, by Facebook, and by the Internet, we're appreciative. The number, if y'all want to get in on this conversation, y'all want to get in on this discussion, 
is 515-605-9375. Now, after this table is prepared, it goes on to say, thou anointest not here before. We're still talking about people dealing with problems. Now, this whole thing, this this whole thing with the the head with oil <laughs> is 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 heavier than just you getting some blessed oil on you. Now, some of y'all have heard this. Just just bear with me. If you've not heard it, um, I hope that you you research this for yourself. The whole reason why your head needs to be anointed with oil. It stems back from actual shepherds taking care of sheep. That's where that came from. There was an oil that was mixed with um, some spices and herbs that were bug repellent. Like many of y'all burn centronella, right? People know about centronella candles to keep mosquitoes away. Um, Some people know about vanilla. Uh, Vanilla is a wonderful mosquito repellent. I say mosquitoes because that's one of the pests that everybody has to deal with. But what would happen was sheep that were out here in these desert arid lands with these flies and these ticks and lice around, you know, sheep have all that wool on them, all that hair. And so the flies, and they like to lay their eggs and stuff um, on, on, on sheep, right, and, and especially around their face and, and, and in their ears, right? But when the, when, the, when the shepherd would take this oil, right, and rub it on the sheep's head and sometimes all over the body of the sheep, it would repel pests. And what are pests? Pests are things that come into our life to pester you, to pick at you. But if you let them keep chiseling away, they'll drive you crazy. Well, that's what used to happen with these sheep. These sheep used to have these insects these bugs that would get on them and get in their ears, and, and some of them would get in their ears, go up their ear canal, and get into the brain of the sheep, lay eggs, and eat off of the brain of the sheep, and the sheep would be going crazy, beating their head against the trees and rocks and the ground to get some kind of comfort. Well, that's going to eventually hurt the sheep himself or herself. So they figured out that this oil would keep these flies ticks, and lice away. Bloodsuckers, pestilence, and, and, and other things that get in your hair is always going to be. But when you figure out that, one, you're moving to get from point A to point B, you're in a very bad place. Right, but you've got a little bit of hope because you've seen other people have mountaintop experiences, and you decide to say, you know what, I, I, I'm going to need some help here, and then you get a chance to eat and fill your belly. You're still going to have problems, so now you need to cover yourself. Right now, the oil is significant for the sheep. Some people think that blessed oil is going to do it for them. For me, my covering is knowing what peace was like. I've been in a place where I've had mountaintop experiences. I know what peace is like. I know what being in a real decent relationship is like. I know what 
it feels like after you begin to come out of the cloud of grief, when you've failed a test, you know, hey, the next opportunity. I know what it's like to keep moving forward and then keeping hope alive. So now I cover myself. How I cover myself? Exercise and reading or listening to books and also removing negative people. I've had to remove some negative people that were close to me away and out of my life. What's up, Eddie? For for some periods of time, for people real close to me. Or I had to get away from negativity just to figure out my peace of mind. I've had to do that. And and in doing that, I realized that I was getting, I was covered, and I could say, okay, I can go back into the situation because now I'm prepared. I'm I'm a vessel that now when I'm walking through this valley, my belly is full. I can see hope up the front. Even though I'm still in this, I, I, I'm I'm better. Then comes my favorite part. I I looked at my dad as a saucer type individual, and I hope that I, I, one day I'll, I'll look at myself as being a saucer. My cup runneth over. Now you you're in a valley experience, but yet you've got these things happening and you can't even see it. Good things are starting to happen. Uh, Some of us, when good things start to happen, we go right back to reverting to that fear thing, right? And we're like, is this really happening? I've been used to walking in the valley. I've been used to being in dark places. Could this that's happening really be for me? Absolutely. Blessings and, and, and grace and favor are are gifts that we don't really earn, right? It's about our connection, our link between our human nature and our spiritual nature inside of us, speaking to the energy and power and force that's all around us and is in everything. And then the resonation, the resonate, not resignation, the resonance of the frequency and the wavelengths begin to vibe, and you figure you figure out like you know what I got more than enough. Well, if you're a cup, and I truly believe that we all are a cup. A cup is built. A cup is a vessel. A cup is for being filled. What you're putting in your cup is not my business. It's completely your business. But I hope that what you're putting in your cup, what you're allowing to run over in your cup is peace, is hope, and is light. I can't um, speak to what it is for you. I'm not a psychic. I'm not a prophet. I'm, I'm not any of those things that can tell you. I just know for me and uh, people that are around me and people I know, our experience, when the cup runs over, things are going good. Now, I told you that my dad is a saucer and I want to be a saucer because, you know, every now and again, 
you cup you you know it either it either gets empty or you don't realize what you got um sometimes you have to turn into a saucer and a saucer ain't nothing but a flat cup okay saucer sits right underneath the cup i should have gotten the cup and a saucer i knew where i was going with this but y'all know that saucer catches the overflow so that you're not wasting and some people back in the in the day they would take that saucer and if the tea or the coffee ran over your cup uh, onto the saucer you would take that saucer and tip it back into the cup right and put it back on there and go to drinking but you didn't waste the blessing you didn't waste the good stuff in the cup the the whole Cup runneth over and saucer experience. I ain't got to go into that. That makes sense, right? But if you don't realize, one, that you're a vessel and that that vessel that you have can be full of, now this is what I like to fill my cup with <laughs> or, or, or what I like to get put into me, and that's power. <laughs> power that can neither be destroyed or created, but only shifted. If I can get power from the main source to fill me, this vessel. Now, if I was a cup, I'd definitely be a broken cup. Um, I, I, when I when I think of the story about the water bearer and the vessels that the water bearer carried that were cracked vessels, I definitely relate to a cracked vessel. Um, who else we got on here? Okay, there's some everybody. I definitely relate to a crack vessel. I ain't got a problem with it because I know now what a crack vessel can do for the world. Because a crack vessel shares, even unwillingly, because that crack in it allows whatever's in that vessel to leak out. And you're still you. And some of that leaking, we hope that it's going on to a saucer for either to be reinstituted or for someone else to share. It just doesn't go to waste. Um, being cracked, um, if you're a person that's been broken before, if because of the valley experiences that you have, the, the, the cracks and the creeks in you that are perfect imperfections, are those that will bless somebody else. Um, we all, even the folks that you think don't have it, um, the story today about this guy, Epstein, that was fooling around with these kids that supposedly killed himself in the jail, and now they're saying he didn't kill himself, he was strangled, whatever. Um, he was a millionaire or billionaire, yet he killed himself. Um, Steve Jobs, who ran Apple, uh, died of pancreatic cancer. Um, everybody that's a vessel has some kind of problem, and some people can't handle valley experiences, or their body can't handle the valley experiences. The best thing I can tell you 
after going through that verse 4 and 5, which, again, it wasn't meant to be Bible study, but it's meant to be reflection and understanding of, yea, though I walk. <laughs> the whole, I don't even, it, 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 to me, just the part of all of that scripture I read off, the yea, though I walk, the fact that I'm walking means something. I was talking to uh, the counselor in the building where I work at on the school campus today, and I was talking to another instructor. On, on, we were all three talking, two ladies and I, and we got to talking about Truman W. Smith. If you have not visited Truman W. Smith or set up yourself or young people in your life to go volunteer at Truman W. Smith, you're going to get an eye-opening experience. The thing that a body has to go through when it's born with these conditions is amazing. And to go over there and see children having to deal with these ailments of the physical type, that's going to be a forever valley. The physical was going to be a forever valley for them. Smile when you look at them like they're a child instead of looking at them like they have an abnormality is wonderful. But to see how a person was created differently from you, and their bodies will never be what most of us able-bodied. They'll never. Some most of them will never walk. The fact that you can walk is amazing, or that you've ever walked is amazing. So when when that talks, when we, we're talking tonight, we're getting into gumbo talk. Out of all that now, just on me, the fact that I can walk is important. And no matter what else is going on, I'm gravitating, I'm moving towards another place. I, I don't, I tell people all the time, I have no idea what I'm doing. I just know where I'm going and where I want to be. Okay? I know where I'm going and I know where I want to be. And I know my goals. What's up, Duke? I see you. You see, you see, I know these things. I don't know how I'm going to get there, but I know where I'm going to get. I was listening to a guy like, name is T. Grizzly, rapper. You know, I'm a hip-hop head. And he was talking, he kind of talked raps. And he was saying that all of this blessing, I was praying for this. All this drip, all this money that he now has, he was like back, you know, in the day when we were running the streets, when we knew we wasn't doing right, I was praying for the day that I'd get to this point. And uh, I am too. I I'm learning how to pray for the things that I desire. And I don't want to be in, in valley experiences too long. I know I'm going to have to go through valleys because I know valleys are between mountains. And, and I might be on a mountain here, but I look across over there. Way out over there, there is a higher mountain that says, climb me. I'm going to have to come down off that mountain and go down through a valley, maybe a couple of them, to get there. But listen here, y'all, um, 
because you're having valley experience doesn't mean you should treat folks any kind of way. Yeah, you're doing bad. Yeah, you're upset. Yeah, it's a bad day, bad week, bad month, bad year, bad decade. Yes. But if you treat people that may also be going through valley experiences badly, who is that, Dwayne, good to see you. If you treat them badly, when you have to come down off that mountain, now remember, I didn't say you're coming down because you get knocked off your spot. You might see something better or greener pastures or be compelled or led to move forward. Um, if you treat people bad in the valley and on your way up, and they haven't quite seen the light of hope yet, they don't know what it's like to have the mountaintop experience, and they now have somebody that's walking through the valley with confidence, maybe a little faster than they are, they're going to trip you, or they're going to bite you like that snake. But that man, the man knew it was a snake. You see what I'm saying? Um, it's very important how you, you, you treat others. Even when you're going through bad things, it's hard. But you know what, man? I'm going to tell y'all. When I'm at my lowest, it seems like I treat people the best. I don't know what it is. You're going to get all kinds of work out of me when I'm at my lowest. Let me read this. We got a comment here. Let me see this. It says, Eddie, he says, I can't read it with the glasses. It says, I installed a phone system in Truman W. Smith Center. You speak the truth. Thank goodness I worked at the Winfield State Hospital part-time in Kansas years ago and have witnessed so many humbling sights. So true on what a real valley experience looks like. We are so blessed and many do not realize just how much. Absolutely, Eddie. Absolutely. And, and, but, but back to this thing, treating people, treating the folks that are at Truman Reason, what do you get? What do you get? If you go and visit Truman W. Smith or Russ State Hospital, the closest state hospital to here, and do some volunteering or do some work, what do you get when you see one of those children or one of those people with severe and persistent schizophrenia um, bite, ugh, 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 or don't want them to touch you like it's going to rub off on them? What do you gain from that? I'm going to tell you what you gain. You gain another trip to a valley experience that might last longer because you are evidently haven't understood the correction that needs to happen in the mindset. The broken leg of the lamb, the broken leg of the sheep is not to think about the pain, but to think about, okay, I need to do better, right? I hope that I don't need to get my leg broke to do that, right? You hope you don't need to get broken down to, you know, you can be down and out, but you don't want to be down and out. You just, you know, you get broke down, but you don't want to be down and out. You hope that you don't have to get to that point. That's why I never pray, God, make me humble, because the way I work, I, I don't know what it's going to take to make me humble in some situations, you know. I do have a, a, a note of or a hint of confidence in me. My mama and my daddy gave it to me. But and sometimes people take it as something else. But the point is, is that I don't want to be broken down to the point where I got to say, God, make me humble. It might take me um, having uh, uh, 
having to have a child with autism for some people, or I lose a limb, or anything that would really make a person or anybody like start to rethink what they're doing in their life, right? So um, I don't ask for um, humility. I, I ask for wisdom and knowledge uh, because I, I need to be able to navigate with this education that I got and I'm getting more each and every day in these new experiences that I have and running a business. I don't want to tick off any of my big clients. Um, so I want to be able to have the, the notion that if I'm not doing as good as I, I'd like to be, that I still stay true to who I am. Um, and hopefully that truth of who I am is something that people will accept. And in the people, I mean people accept, I mean like people that would be those helps. I have a team of people that I help me. I call them. Um, I haven't called them as much lately, but I tried to call one tonight. Um, I, call, I did call one. I talked to him, but um, one of them didn't answer the phone, and I'm going to call back tomorrow. But I, I've got to check on a couple of other ones. Um, I just want to see how they're doing, you know. I, I, I want to I want to be better than where I am. I don't want – if I have to go through a valley experience, I have to go through another major low in my life, I want to be prepared to the point where at least, okay, even if I don't have the table prepared, at least I can have a little bit of uh, oil. Remember I told you about my oil and the knowledge and the education that I get that helps me get through sticky situations. At least I have that. What's going on, Rufus? So I don't want to be in the same situation every time in the same manner. If I come across uh, another alternator to put on, I know that I'm going to need a little hammer to, to knock that out because it's going to get tight in there with them bolts, right? And when I get them bolts out, I'm going to have to, you know, you know, get a little pry bar to get it up out of there good. I, I know that I'm going to need that too. So there's no reason for me to go through experiences and not carry tools with me from the previous so that I don't make the same mistake. That's why mechanics are so decent, man. That's why that's a job that will never – mechanics, welders, plumbers, these guys know problems. And when you know problems, you know how to solve them, right? And, and these – Positions help people just have a regular everyday experience. Things we don't think about how the water flows in pipes most of the time. We don't think about how the electricity gets to our electricians, right? We don't think about how the electricity gets to that light that's on. We don't think about that on a regular basis. We think of, we we think about it that as much as we do a breathing. We don't think about it. We we think about how much we use when we get that water bill and that electric bill. But other than that. We don't really, it's not a real big thought for us of how it is. It gets there and it's done, unless you're an electrician and you think about it all the time, but you get what I'm saying. Um, we've got to focus on the walk, y'all. Um, walk with your head up. I, I, I told the, we had some big wigs to come visit our building. I never saw them because I, I ducked and dodged myself. Um, even though I know them, I don't, I don't like being around brass. Um, somebody, but I had to I had to secure the building. I had to do what I had to do. Both me and this counselor, um, as administrators, walking around, make sure the kids were where they're supposed to be, so that 
when the when the people came, they didn't see, you know, just chaos. We don't have chaos, but you understand what I'm saying, working with children or uh, teenagers. Um, but she was really nervous. She wanted to go to her office, but she knew she had to walk through where the, the big wigs were, right? And I told her, I said, well, if my office is there, I'd just walk into my office. I got things to do. She said, well, I might look like I'm not doing anything. I'm like, you're going to your office. That's doing something. And I helped her out. This is what I told her, y'all. This is this one y'all can use if y'all work in an office or somewhere where people need your help. I told her, look here. I said, get you some paper and put it in your hand and look at it and walk fast. So that's, that's a universal symbol for I'm too busy to deal with what's going on around me. You see this paper in my hand, it must be important, and I'm walking fast. That means I got to get to somewhere. And so uh, she she took the paper down off the wall. You found some paper that was just stuck on the wall, old stuff. She took it down, she stacked it up, and she got to high-telling it down that hallway. And when she picked up that speed, I said, that's it right there. And I'll be doggone, I have to holler at her tomorrow and give y'all an update next week if I remember. If y'all are listening, y'all have to chime in because you know I'll forget between now and then. But I'm going to find out tomorrow because it was funny to me. She listened. She, she, she grabbed that paper, three pieces of paper from off the wall, and was looking at it and was walking fast. And then walking, talking, and I mean getting it. And I said, when them people see her coming, they're going to be like, that lady's busy right there. And I'm going to tell you, that's a universal way to get out of the business. If you want to get through a valley experience, walk fast, right, and walk confidently. Keep your head up or keep your head focused, right, so that you can get through. I'm not saying those guys or those ladies, whoever they were, I never saw them, were enemies, but you get what I'm saying. If there's something that's an antagonist to you and you want to get through it, or around it or buy it, hey, focus and move fast. Pam here, she says, I always, I was always taught by my parents and grandparents. Everybody got something and everybody has something they can bring to the table. That's a fact. Everybody has something. It may not need to come to my table. I've learned that too, Pam. I was talking about that earlier when I was talking about the table that's prepared. For me, I can't I can't say that a table that's prepared for me, even though it looks like a lot, it might take all that energy, all that sustenance, all that nourishment to get me to the next phase. The the next time I might have a table, I can't say, hey, everybody, come eat, because this this may not be uh, the time to do that. When it comes time to do that, then maybe you're preparing a table for your friends and loved ones. But but absolutely on the fact that just when you're going through valley and treating people fairly. Now, those people that um, try to trip you and stumble and try to create obstacles for you um, just on GP because they're comfortable where they are and they don't like the fact that you're on your way to another level, um, those people you have to learn to navigate around. Those people you have to learn to not share. That's where the principalities come. We got, hey, Evelyn, and hey, Gordon, it's good to see you. Oh, I see you, Arthur. Oh, oh, that's, oh, that's Glenn. He got Arthur in front. I thought that was Arthur. You know I got my glasses on. Uh, the Arthur. That's the author, T. Glenn. But, but um, I don't lost my train of thought. Oh, the, those people that are there to stumble you and trip you, you got to learn to circumnavigate. You got to learn to keep your mouth shut. You got to remember this. I'm going to leave y'all on this. 
the principality <clears throat> on this planet that is working and has many workers is our enemy. The prince of this world is our enemy. So if your enemy is traveling around in the air, right, and has a lot of workers, you got to be careful about sharing where you're going with them. You got to be careful about that table that's prepared for you, you inviting an enemy that you don't even know because they're close to you, to the table, because I'm going to tell you, Soon as you go to the bathroom or turn your head, that big fat juicy steak, they're gonna eat it because they were like, Oh, I didn't think you wanted that. <laughs> you, you gotta remember when you're walking through the valley, you're gonna have valley experiences. So you got to be conscious that if you hear this message or you've heard this message before, that you are walking. This, that means that wherever you are is not where you're supposed to be. And hopefully you're not walking in circles. But if you're walking, yea, though I walk through, that means you're going from point A to point B. You're walking no matter what. So I hope that the way you walk and the way you talk from this point forward lends you to being a king. And not a pawn. Uh, there's nothing wrong with pawns. Pawns are very important. But last I checked, we were kings and queens. And so sometimes you have to act like it. And acting like a king and a queen doesn't mean you act holier than thou or you act like you're pompous. It means that you're a person that people, no matter who it is, Maybe it's your children, maybe, again, it's your peers, it's your family, it's your friends, it's someone that depends on you. I don't know who it is. But as a king and as a queen, you, you're, you're supposed to take care of that. I truly believe that men were put on this planet to take care of stuff, right? And I think this also, that people, everybody wants to run to the light. Until they figure out that the light is made of fire, and then they back up. It's going to be a little heat, but hey, uh, if you can't stand heat, um, you you don't want no cup of coffee. Uh, you can't stand heat. You don't want no diamond. If you can't stand heat, you don't want no gold, because all that comes about through heat and a little pressure. So that's the show tonight. This is the Gumbo Talk. Yea, though I walk, I hope that you walk for the rest of your life. You understand that the mountains is where we're headed towards, but we're going to have to go through these valley experiences. Climbing is not that hard. It's one foot in front of the other. You're focused on the next step. You're not focused on how far you got to go. You're focused on the next step and the next step and the next step, and you're going through. We don't know how we're going to get there, but we know where we're going, and that's the most important. So that's kind of like the G.I. Joe thing, you know. Knowing is half of the battle. Hey, y'all, I'm going to say goodnight to both y'all on Facebook and to y'all on the Blog Talk Radio. I appreciate you. You can tune in every week. I told y'all, inbox me. Call me if you got my number or text me. If you want to hear topics, um, 
somebody hit me last week after the show and they said, you know, I'm I'm down. I don't know what you can talk about, and it hit me immediately. That's why it went up the day after. Yay, the wild walk. We'll see y'all out of here. <laughs>